This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Number two of the program, it is Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie along with you. Yes, Sirski. From the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, alongside our outstanding producers, Tam and Taylor. Our one in the books, J-Mac. An Elias Lindholm conversation as we continue to await a decision from the Flames' number one center. And a bit of NHL offseason in review slash fallout from the Eric Carlson trade from a San Jose perspective. We chatted with our pal Curtis Pichelka from the Bay Area News Group who covers the San Jose Sharks. Get a feel for the Eric Carlson tenure in San Jose, how it will be remembered, how they did on the return, all of that and more available to you in the Hour One podcast. It goes up moments after every hour finishes here on Sportsnet Today. You can find it, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. We've still got lots to get to on the program. And the WPCA report coming your way a little bit later on this hour. And a chance to win your way to the WPCA World Championship at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. That's just one of two giveaways we've got to do on the day. We're also going to give you a chance to win your way into the Shaw Charity Classic. So stay tuned for that. The Blue Jays talk coming up later. Taylor's got your Jays report. Shai Davidi from Sportsnet's going to join us. And we'll get a Stamps report uh, with Matty Rose as well. Stamps getting to take on the BC Lions this weekend in BC. But we start the hour off, Julian, mm-hmm. with a new story that we've heard feels like a lot. The Arizona Coyotes and a piece of land that could potentially be their new home. Earlier this Wednesday, the team issued the following statement. We can confirm, or sorry, quote, we can confirm that Coyotes owner, chairman, and governor Alex Marullo has executed a letter of intent to purchase a parcel of land located in Mesa, Arizona to be the potential site for a sports arena and entertainment district for the club. The Coyotes remain committed to building the first privately funded sports facility in Arizona history and ensuring the Valley as the club's permanent home. In addition to this property in Mesa, the club will continue to explore other potential sites in the East Valley. We'll go on to mention a, Number of thank yous to community leaders, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, hockey fans in the area, and also added this quote, our incredibly loyal and passionate fan base is extremely excited about our team 
and the incredible additions we've made this summer, including Matt Dumba, Jason Zucker, Alex Kerfoot, Nick Bukestad, Troy Stetcher, Sean Dursey, and the top prospect in the world. That's the best part of this entire statement. Logan Cooley. That's the best part of this entire statement. The top prospect in the world. In order to ensure that our fans and fans in waiting can experience, quote, mullet, mullet magic and the most exciting environment in the NHL. Come on. The Coyotes are pleased to make available Guys. a very limited number of single game tickets starting this Friday, August 11th. We will have no time further time comment. Out, time out, time out. Stop, 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 stop. I need you to read that last part of that statement one more time. In order to ensure that our fans and fans in waiting can experience mullet magic and the most exciting environment in the NHL, the Coyotes are pleased to make available a very limited number of single-game tickets starting this Friday, August 11th. There are only 5,000 people can go! Yeah, first of yes. all, you're starting from, a, very limited, you're starting from a very limited number. That's, yeah. If I had two tickets to give away and I gave away one, it'd, be, it'd still be classified as limited. <laughs> what? What are we doing here, man? There's a lot. This here. Coyotes team is this a real look? I really want to give those Yotes fans a chance. I, I've grown to a point where they exist. They want a quality product. If a good team is there, they will come and they will support that team. They also need a venue that is standard for them to go to and not in the middle of nowhere. But the fact that we're at this point where they still have to play in this college arena, which I've been, a very unique experience. There's no way they could make that work for a long-term situation. Congrats. They bought this piece of land with the intention of building an arena. God, this is so exhausting. Like, I'm, I'm tired, man. Like, I want something resolved or just sell the damn team to somebody else. Utah, Houston, move it somewhere else. There are other people who can make it work. And the fact that this is just we're 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 going through this whole thing again and again and again with this Coyotes franchise. Enough is enough. Please figure this out. It's a very weird approach that they're taking in all of this. They got their teeth kicked in on their last referendum of on an arena. Yeah, like, they it went was about brutal. That, they went about that so poorly. We too. had Craig Morgan on earlier this summer for our off-season review for the Coyotes. And he told us on air that every source that he had in the organization were going to a victory party that night. That they had planned a victory party for that night on the referendum because they thought it was going to go through yeah. so easily that it wouldn't even, like, they weren't even considering the option that it wasn't going to happen. And they had plans for this victory party to come out and celebrate and be joyous, and they got their teeth kicked in on it. That And they, they handled that situation poorly. I just, here's the thing. I don't have any problem with you hyping up your own your own team. I get it. And, and look, there's so many examples of this in sports. It's the classic. Didn't Devontae Adams, I want to say Devontae Adams said something like, Derek Carr was comparable to, to Brett Favre, or to Aaron Rodgers when he got to, to Oakland that first season and in training camp said that, that, you know, Derek Carr was, was just as good as, 
as Aaron Rodgers was in his time in Green Bay. I know, I know, we, I know, I know. Tyreek Hill said Tua Tagovailoa was like the most accurate. Yeah, something. Yeah, those something sort like of that. things. Stuff like that, right? I, I get it. It's not true, but I get why you're saying it, right? Yes. Logan Cooley <laughs> is an outstanding <laughs> prospect. Heck of a prospect. Could challenge somebody for a Calder Trophy, but why? Why in this statement? Why are they poking at, at Chicago and Connor Bedard? Because that's what it is. Like, it, it is what it, like, don't, don't tell me you, you just threw that in there to have fun. Somebody in the organization, maybe Alex Marullo, I don't know, has sat there and gone, I don't think Connor Bedard's the top. We have Logan Cooley. So make sure you mention in there that Logan Cooley's the best prospect in the world. Right? I, just, I just don't get what we're doing here from a sense of, a, a PR standpoint of a what's the point of of throwing in every name that you acquired this off season, then the weird wording on the Logan Cooley thing. This was supposed to be an announcement about you guys buying a piece of land. What like, I just don't get the direction that this team's going. I, and I, look, I guess like no one does. No, but it just it seems very weird to me to to go into all these directions and then go. You can experience mullet magic. Well, we don't have a choice. You, you, you either experience mullet magic or you guys are playing street hockey when other teams come because you don't have an arena because you got kicked <laughs> out of the last place because you couldn't pay your bills. Dude. Like, don't sit here and sell me on mullet magic and these extremely limited tickets that we're pleased to give to you. Don't piss on our hands and say that it's raining. Yeah, I just it's so much about it's ridiculous. You know, it's the kid that cried wolf so many times and we're here again about it and I just I'm with you. I like the franchise. I think they have an incredible ability to come forward in the next couple of years yeah. and be a really dangerous team. Like really dangerous. The Dylan Gunthers, the, the Logan Cooleys, the guys that they have in there. They had another two top fifteen picks this year. Uh, like they could be a great. They just, I don't get it. I, I we didn't even mention Clayton Keller and, yeah. and 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 the nonsense that happened in the off season with his dad getting hacked on Twitter about him wanting to leave or whatever. Like I don't like. Well, how- remember the beginning of this off season where Logan Cooley said I wasn't going to Arizona because it's been too much of an S show. And and then all of a sudden he signed. And then all of a sudden he's like, actually, I am going to sign. What? I don't, dude. I don't like how this this situation. And this is just this offseason. You can go back to the reporting that Katie Strang has done in this organization, and so many other people with regards to the Arizona Coyotes. I don't like how it's being run like a clown show right now. And I think a lot of people around the league, whether it's fans, and I'm sure other people feel that way too. They look at that situation and they're like, "No, nah, man, this this can't run. This this is not good." You know, as, as the NHL, you know, it, they, they are the supposed biggest league in the world for hockey. They can't have a situation like this. It needs to be straightened out. It looks, it's embarrassing. And it, I, maybe that was their intention with the Logan Cooley statement to get us to talk about something else. But, like, I, I, I can't help but focus on that piece of land and just groan at the fact that, you know, okay, fine. They may or may not have another situation coming up, but I'm just expecting I'm expecting them to fall again. I need something, just as a general NHL person, I need something clear-cut to, you know, 
kind of hang my hat on in terms of this situation actually working out in Arizona, man. There are fans there. I'm willing to believe that. But the way the Coyotes are going about their business, I don't know. I, I have a lot of questions. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's interesting. So he's buying a 41-acre lot in Mesa for the team's new arena. And again, they say it's the first privately funded sports and entertainment district in the state. But they're still looking at others, apparently, in East Valley, uh, including Mesa, uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale. They bought property and they're still looking at other sites. What? Yes. Yeah, so apparently, uh, this is coming from Arizona Sports and, and our pal uh, Craig Morgan, who, who's wrote it for a while now. Apparently, Alex Marillo's goal here is to have multiple sites under contract okay. so that he has options. This is to have a plan in place by the first quarter of 2024 so that a target date is hit for a new arena's completion in time for the 26-27 season, and that would help them stay in Phoenix long-term or Arizona long-term. So, I mean, it's news. But I don't know, you know, it's just, again, it feels like, you know, they're going to have to go through uh, another whole thing and who knows where where this goes because, again, they're trying to, and again, again I just don't know how long you can push the, the road, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like we've pushed it so many times already. Yeah. So I just that's that's the latest today. I hope it works. I'm with you on that. I hope it works out. I don't really know that I've ever seen. I mean, I guess at, at times they were in in a good spot to succeed, but I don't know. Have they really been given a fair shake at it? I don't know. Not with the, the fans the I'm talking about, not the team. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. They had like a run in like the late 2000s at some point. Like that's as far as it really. And I think they might have still been in Glendale at that point, but like. I don't know. They haven't really been given a quality team on a consistent basis. Also with the Logan Cooley thing. I wonder, how, how do you feel? Like, let's Can we delve into that statement a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Do you think that creates pressure on him? Or is that just something that they could just kind of brush off like a joke? Like, I, I one, of my, one of my good buddies up in Edmonton, Avery, uh, is saying, hey, you know what? If you're the Coyotes and you're going to lean into that, start selling some shirts saying best prospect in the world, Logan Cooley. Is that, is that like, I know we kind of were like, really? Like, this is ridiculous. But like, is that something that they could kind of laugh off and use as a marketing opportunity? Is that something they could do? Or is that just nonsense? Like, how do you feel about that? I wouldn't want to put my top prospect in that, in that sort of okay pressure cooker. There's enough attached to it right now, I think, just from an individual standpoint uh, of wanting to have personal success and then add on to it as you become a member of the team and the community and wanting to have that sort of success as well that I wouldn't want. And I, look, there's different examples of it. And the one that, that obviously comes to mind is, is Mark Jankowski in Calgary, right? And Jay Feaster at the time coming out and say, well, you know, he's comparable to Joe Newendike and, from that day on, that today that quote, you can say to Flames fans, Jeez. you know, is one that, that remains forever like that. I just, I, Logan Cooley feels as sure a thing right now as, as anybody to come into the NHL and succeed. But what if it takes him a year or two, right? What if year one isn't 
60 points in 80 games and pushing to be their number two center, right? What if it is 30 or 40 points? And we know how social media is and we know how, you know, that just adds on to it. Do you want to throw that on him? If, and look, some people will thrive in the pressure and some people will shake it off like that. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe that's the type of guy that he, maybe he doesn't mind that. That'd be cool. That'd be actually pretty refreshing if he didn't mind his team being like, no, I'm the best. Pro- it's saying that he's the best top prospect in the world. That would actually be very refreshing. It would be a change, but I also understand why guys don't go down that road. Absolutely. Because you can come on the other side of it in a not so great place. Yeah, you get ruined and, and you you underwhelm as a prospect. And, yeah, I, I do yeah. wonder how he feels about it today. That would be that'd be a really fascinating. One thing I'd be interested him. to know is how does he feel about that, right? Yeah. I, I wonder who said would... there and go, oh, it's a I hope Craig Morgan asks him about that. Uh, other interesting piece of news we had today, the Maple Leafs diving into the free agent market. Former Flames GM Brad Treliving get a piece of work done. Some goaltender insurance, Julian. Martin Jones, the former Ooh. Calgary Hitman goaltender, signs a one-year $875,000 deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And goaltending has been a... Big topic for Toronto this offseason. They went to uh, uh, the arbitration situation with Ilya Samsonov. Is Matt Murray actually hurt? Or what exactly is going on with that situation? Uh, Joseph Wool is there and you know seems to be ready for a expanded NHL role. Martin Jones, I think, was probably the most credible uh, remaining NHL free agent goaltender, but an interesting piece of, uh, I don't think you never have enough goaltenders in the NHL. I wonder about interesting that. option for, for Toronto to, to push maybe Joseph Ole in a training camp situation. Yeah. Like I, I, I wonder if they envision a tandem scenario where it's Ilya Samsonov and Martin Jones, or if this team, I don't even know if they'd be, if it, if the salary cap could put them in a situation where they have like three goalies all at once, but, also, what if they did? What if they thought, okay, well, you know what? There's a way for it to work where we can get uh, a, like a three-goalie situation. It's not impossible for teams to do that. You just have to account for the cap, I guess. But considering what the, the usage of goalies and what we just saw in, in Vegas, right, with with Aiden Hill coming out of nowhere and stepping in and, and other options being available to them, they, they've kind of torn through them. Logan Thompson, as an example, they had like what, like the five different goalies at some point being used by that organization last year. Is that that could be a thing, or maybe it's just something to push Joseph Wall and just to provide some insurance? It's probably that, but kind of intrigued at the fact that they're willing to they're willing to kind of have as many bodies as they have in their goaltending stable. I'm curious about that. Uh, a couple of texts here at nine six zero nine six zero fan feedback line always open to you here on the program. Uh, Matt and Cochran says when your franchise is so poor, you can't get public money for your arena. Not wrong. Not wrong about it. Nope. Uh, this one says, Logan, put yourself in the Arizona PR staff shoes. Would you do anything different? I, look, I, I'm, again, I'm not. I don't, I don't, I don't I know. Just, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd call. I don't know if I'd put that label on Logan Cooley. I'll tell you that much. I just didn't get why. I don't know if I put out a in, statement, I, I say Kerfoot, Dersey, all those guys are among the are, are part of like a are just trying to excite guys with those players. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with you hyping though. It just it felt like a weird spot for me. That's all. Yeah. When you're, you're you're the point of the release in my mind was to tell people 
that they have purchased land or intend to purchase land in Mesa for a potential future home, uh, an arena district for the Arizona Coyotes. That That's all it needed to be to me. It didn't need to include mullet magic and this list of players. And if you're going to do that, again, I just err on the side of caution because I, I feel bad. I don't want to see Logan Cooley wear that unintentionally because it became a Twitter thing. I might have just sat there and said one of the world's top prospects or one of the league's top prospects in Logan Cooley, right? And sort of and take it that way. I think you can still you can still be excited. You get every reason to be excited about Logan Cooley. But it, just, it feels like unnecessary pressure to to put that kind of label on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I can understand that. It, it's also just in a statement where you're, you're talking of the land, uh, you're trying to hype that up. It sort of turns into it's a whole other story in itself. Like it's kind of, it's a very interesting way to to write that statement. And and considering what the PR or the Twitter has been like for the Coyotes too. I don't know if you remember they had that tweet being like, "Hey, we'll give you the arena plans if we get like a million likes or something." Yeah, like, I don't know. There's something something off about that about that for the Coyotes. But that's just from my standpoint. I'm not saying they can't have fun, but like I'm just wondering like why are they why are they doing this? Like it's not like not like everybody's laughing at them. They, no. they start, they're not laughing with them, I should say. That's a good There's a lot more it, yeah. laughing at them than laughing with them. Yeah. Uh, and this text is perfect to go from the break. Julian, you make this show so much better. Love you. What? Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's a really nice text. That means a lot. That's 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 really nice. <laughs> oh. It's a much different change from what the text line was like yesterday. Yeah, we won't worry about that. that yeah, let's a, not do that. That was, that was a terrible thing. time. Yeah. But, uh, uh, thank you so much. Yes, he is Julian McKenzie. And yes, he does make this show a lot better. Uh, you know him, you love him from Twitter or X at JKA McKenzie. He covers the Calgary Flames for the Athletic. Just one of many hats uh, that Julian wears, one of them being radio co-host this week uh, with me here on Sportsnet Today. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Check in on the Chucks. The WPCA report is next. If you're listening live, get your texting fingers ready. we got a chance for you to win some tickets to the, uh, to the WPCA World Championships coming up at Century Downs racetrack and casino at the end of the month. So get ready for that. Plus hour three, we got a stamps report coming your way. We got tickets to give away for the Shaw Charity Classic. We got to talk to Shy DeVito. We got lots to get to. We're rolling on on a Wednesday. Logan and Julian along with you on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Welcome back to the program. It is Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon along with you. WPCA report coming up in just moments here. Excited to chat with Ross Knight. Big weekend for him up in Strathmore. WPCA schedule coming down to the last couple weeks. We only got a couple more weeks of this to go before we're back at Century Downs for the World Professional Truck Winning Association World Finals. We'll have some chances for you to win tickets coming up a little bit later on in the show. So if you're listening live, get your texting fingers ready. Still to come on the program today, though, we'll chat with Shai Davidi, checking on the Toronto Blue Jays, some Jose Bautista news as he gets put into the level of excellence for the Toronto Blue Jays. And we'll have a stamps report with Matty Rose, but it is now time to get to it. It's time for our WPCA report. It's time for the World Professional Truck Wagon Association report. Here are the latest updates from the world of the WPCA and exclusive interviews with the biggest drivers in the sport. The WPCA Insider Report brought to you by the World Professional Truck Wagon Association. Racing to the Century Downs Racetrack and Casino World Finals, August 23rd to 27th 
Get your tickets now at showpass.com. And just a couple races left. We're heading up to Dawson Creek for the Battle of the North. Got to head down to the Rockies, Rocky Mountain House, and then we'll be back at Century Downs for the World Chuck Wagon Finals. And joining us on the WPCA Report today after a great showing in Strathmore. Very happy to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar. Guest hot and welcome in Ross Knight. Ross, thanks for the time today, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys today? We're doing great. Uh, first win of the season. How does it feel, man? Oh, it felt really good. <laughs> um, the horses did great. and Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, it's a nice show to win. They got great buckles and stuff up there. It's pretty good. Uh, almost a full two seconds for your group. That's uh, unusual given how tight it usually is at the WPCA. Probably gave you a little bit of breathing room heading into that final run, hey? Um, well, it definitely helps. Um, yeah, <laughs> it uh, it gives you a little better chance, better feeling going into it. But no, they had a really good run the first night. So um, yeah, so it helped. It was really good. What's it like up at Strathmore, a pretty regular spot on the uh, on the schedule for everybody? What makes Strathmore one of the fun ones to win? Um, well, it's been around forever, right? And yeah. it's, um, it's always extremely competitive um, with everything going on. And then being close to Calgary, it's just it's a nice show to, to win. Eh? So. Uh, what are these weeks like, Ross, following the, the stampede? It's such a... Such a busy time in Calgary. We know you're going through different outfits all the time in Calgary, and now you get a little bit of breathing room these next couple of days, or next couple of events, I should say. How are those for, for you and your group after the, a busy time like Stampede was? Uh, well, it was good, right, because we just had to haul the high river, and we stayed there for two weeks, um, only around six days, and uh, gave the horses a lot of good time off and um, got to get out and play and fans and stuff. It was good. Uh, as far as uh, what happened in Strathmore, I believe you were running two different outfits that worked out pretty well for your crew. Talk to us about those two and why uh, you felt the two outfits were the best uh, approach for you in those. Uh, well, they're basically the two I've been running all year. They just, um, yeah, everything just happened to click for that show, and um, they were really flying. Um, the one outfit just really ran on the outside of the racetrack that two nights for me, so uh, that helped a big time, right? So Yeah. Are you switching up a lot during the season, Ross, or are you trying to just keep it as, as simple with those two outfits as you can? I basically just stay with the two outfits. I don't change a whole bunch um, through the season at all. I basically just stick with the same eight horses all the way through as long as everything's going good, right? So Yeah. Uh, talk to me about the uh, Outriders you had. I heard it was a pretty special crew that you had, uh, a little bit of a seasoned <laughs> vet and a newbie helping you out over the weekend. Uh, you bet. Um, well, Chance is definitely a seasoned vet. I think <laughs> yeah. he won everything there is to win, and he's kind of a little chubby and old. But, uh, <laughs> Jory, uh, Jory's been working for me for a couple of years, and he just broke out here after Calgary. I rode one show in Dewberry. Uh, that was a non-point show before Calgary, and uh, he's doing fantastic. Uh, that's great to hear. Uh, quick turnaround for you guys now. We're heading into uh, to Dawson Creek. I know you're traveling up there. Uh, just the other day, same approach for you guys heading into uh, to Dawson Creek as you had in Strathmore. You bet. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just gonna. I'm probably gonna alternate them like one and three and two and four. Okay. Uh, for the show, and then just see what happens for the dash if a guy makes it or not on Sunday, right? So. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about uh, the people that help you get down the road. Every time we do these uh, reports, we know it's it's a big operation. It takes sponsors. It takes uh, a whole farm of uh, people to get you up and down the road. Who Who's helped you out a lot over the last couple of seasons, especially this one in particular, Ross? Uh, my family comes and helps quite a bit, right? Yeah. 
uh, my son and daughter help. Uh, Jory's a big help, and Montana Harden gives me a hand. So um, kind of the same crew has been traveling with us for a couple of years, so it's good. Uh, slow down a bit now as you head into uh, to Rocky Mountain Battle, and then you're into uh, back in Calgary not too long. The season's almost winding up here. Yeah. Yeah, no, pretty soon we'll be at home whining about nothing to do. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, another three weeks, and uh, yeah. we'll be done for the year again. So Nice to get um, that, that win in as you're heading into those last couple of weeks, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the horses are running really good, so I'm hoping they just stay at it until uh, end of century. Yeah. Ross, so. uh, appreciate the time. Congratulations on your win in Strathmore. Uh, best of luck down the stretch, hey? Thank you very much. Take care, Ray. Yeah, you too. Ross Knight joining us down the Alice Beach and Sports Bar. Guest hotline, your winner from Strathmore Stampede. And just a couple weeks left in the WPCA schedule. That is our WPCA Insider Report. And it's brought to you by the World Professional Chuck Wagon Association. Racing to the Century Downs Racetrack and Casino World Finals, August 23rd to 27th. Get your tickets now at showpass.com. Or you could be one of our lucky listeners who will receive tickets for Friday, August 25th, and a behind-the-scenes tour for you and three friends at the WPCA World Championship. It was a pretty easy one for you today. I told you about heading to WPCA.com uh, for all your race results and your schedules. All you got to tell me, it was a big win for Ross Knight and his outfit. Almost a, uh, a two-second final time that he uh, finished ahead of the second-place finisher in the aggregate. Who finished in second at the Strathmore Stampede? For the Chucks, if you can give me that answer with your first and last name on the text at 960-960, then you can win some tickets to the Friday 25th of August, uh, a behind-the-scenes tour for you and three friends at the WPCA World Championship. Five-day championship event features the world's premier Chuck Wagon drivers, outriders, and horses competing for one of the richest prize money payouts in the sport, including over $100,000 on Championship Sunday. You can get your tickets now at showpass.com and be there when the wagons roll. Or you can just give me the answer. Who finished second behind Ross Knight at the Strathmore Stampede this past weekend at 960-960 with your first and last name on the text? If you can tell me who that is, then we've got tickets for you for Friday, August 25th. Behind-the-scenes tour for you and three friends at the WPCA World championships julian did you get down to any rodeo events in your uh, first kiss stampede um i got to check out some of the horse relay races uh, i wish i saw more of the rodeo and in, in the chuck wagons uh there was a lot of partying going on the, the few days i was there <laughs> um but uh i was happy i got to check out the the horse relay races i think there was like even like a all-female competition they were saying that was like the first time in the history of that event they ever had anything like that but honestly just that experience in totality with everything else I went through with Stampede, I really enjoyed it, man. I was amazed at how so many people from all over the world were coming into Calgary. I saw this report, I think from it was Global that might have might have had it. Um, but um, you know, this 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 year Stampede is like the second most attended Stampede ever. Yeah, like I think people are just kind of putting COVID behind them and they're just saying, you know what, man, it's time to take in Stampede. I really, as someone who had little to no expectations for stampede i was thoroughly amazed and the one thing that really impressed me about stampede like 
I really just thought it was just going to be this big, like, cowboy, you know. And, yes, it's a huge part of it, and it's a cool part of it. Yep. But I was amazed at how many people from so many different walks of life, like old, young, black, white, Asian. There was something for everybody at Stampede. Like, the cool shows. I got to watch Jesse Reyes at the Coca-Cola stage. Um, like, some of the parties that were going on there, too. Like, there's something for everybody who comes in. That amazed me more than anything else uh, at Stampede. So I was just really amazed at at the at the uh, the quality event, and uh, a lot of my friends were saying like, "Yo, man, we gotta visit you next summer at the Stampede." Uh, yeah, and even just the nice thing with WPCA and the Chucks and stuff is Stampede's like the the Super Bowl event of everything. Yes, and it's got the biggest crowds, and it's got the most emotion, and it's got great prizes and everything. The nice thing with the WPCA is these events and these drivers are hitting up all these places over Alberta. And I know, like, Strathmore Stampede's a big one. Mm-hmm. High River, when they headed down there a couple weeks ago, is a mm-hmm. big one. It's nice because Stampede's great, and Calgary Stampede's phenomenal. But sometimes I get it. If you're not a big crowd person, it can be expensive. Yeah. WPCA gives you an opportunity to go out there and check out some of these world-class drivers at these different events. And kind of have, like, you'll see uh, over the years that you're in Alberta, little versions of Stampede in different spots, right, that just... Not quite at the scale of what we do at the Stampede Grounds every year. No. But uh, these, these little ones like up in Strathmore are like that. So uh, if you ever want to check out some of the rodeo stuff, the WPCA stuff, again, they're going to Century Downs for the World Finals before the end of the month. But even next year on the schedule, pick a town out in Alberta, go and see one of these things. I can guarantee you, uh, you'll enjoy yourself for sure. Uh, one more time on the text line. If you're listening live or online, we'll give you one more chance to get into this. We're giving away uh, a chance for you and three friends to have a behind-the-scenes experience at the WPCA World Championship on Friday, August 25th at the Century Downs Racetrack and Casino where the World Finals are happening August 23rd to 27th. Five-day championship event, world's premier chuck wagon drivers, outriders, horses. They're competing for one of the richest prize money payouts in sports, including over $100,000 on Championship Sunday. If you can tell me who finished second behind Ross Knight at the Strathmore Stampede and the Chucks, with your first and last name on the text at 960-960, you will be entered to win a behind-the-scenes tour uh, for you and three friends at the WPCA World Championships on Friday, August 25th. So make sure you get that in. If you haven't had a chance to to go, I'm giving you time to Google it. I'm giving you time to look it up <laughs> if you need to. If you haven't gone to a Chuck event, if you missed out going to Stampede, or if you haven't been to one before and you want to check it out, this is the perfect opportunity to get it first from the one of the top events of the year. Cam and Taylor were out at Stampede. They did the behind-the-scenes thing for us. You guys got to check it out. You saw what it was like. Now you guys get an opportunity to uh, for listeners. We're going to do this again next week. And then before you know it, August 23rd and 27th is going to come up. And we won't have a chance to do this anymore. So if you're looking to you know, maybe get a first-hand view, maybe you're a seasoned viewer of the Chucks. You just got to go figure it out. The WPCA website might have the results for you. It's probably a good place to go. Uh, Google that. Look that up. Mm-hmm. You can let me know. Again, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some time. 960-960. You let me know on the text line with your first and last name on the text. Have you ever had, like, did you do any of rodeo-specific events? Have you? Was there anything like that in Montreal in your time in Quebec or not as much? That's not something that uh, I was uh, doing any of. Uh, no rodeo stuff. Uh 
Yeah, I guess the closest thing, I know there was a bar in, in Montreal. I never got to ride it, but there's a bar in Montreal called Chez Sayosh where they had this like giant like mechanical bull. That might be the closest that anyone I could think of back home would do to, in terms of any rodeo stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's not really a that's not really a Montreal thing. That's not really something that we we do. Maybe there was some event at like Olympic Stadium years ago that had something similar. I don't know, but like it's that's not that's not something we do out there. Uh, I was gonna say Ranchmans used to have a mechanical bull. I don't know if they still do or not. So I we still could haven't been that. to Ranchmans yet. We'll get you there. I've been to I think Honky Tonk was the name of the. I think that was I think that was uh I think that was the bar I went to where I got to hang out with some of y'all. Some yeah, of you guys. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, it was honky tonk. Yeah, it was honky tonk. Cam was there. Uh uh Tay Tay was there. Logo, you were missed. Hmm. That's a first. Yeah. <laughs> Bam! Welcome to self deprecation. Uh, oh no. You were missed. You should have hung out. Maybe. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Uh, a couple other sporting news uh, items today before we get out of here on this segment. 35-year uh, anniversary of the Wayne Gretzky to L.A. trade. Oh, yeah. Flames. Uh, current guy. member of the Flames uh, organization was part of that trade. Do you know who that is? Martin Jelena? Martin Jelena. Marty yes. Jelena was in that trade. I'm trying to remember everyone in that trade. Wayne's in that trade. Jelena's in that trade. Uh, I had it. I had it up, and then I, like an idiot, I... It's a lot of pieces in that trade. Uh, here we go. Kings receive Wayne Gretzky, Marty McSorley, mm. uh, and Mike Kershawnowski. Kershawnowski, yep. For Jimmy Carson, yes. Marta Angelina, an 89 first round pick, a 91 first round pick, and a 93 first round pick. Just goes to show uh, anybody can be traded. And I mean, I, I, for me, I'm amazed at the fact that it got to that point and how there's the aftermath afterward where he's, he's speaking in front of media and he's, he's in tears. He's like, I promise Messi, I wouldn't do this. Could you imagine if a player of Gretzky's caliber today or someone who comes close at the time, at the point in his career, because that matters in all of this too, going through something similar. Like imagine if like the Pittsburgh Penguins gave up on like Sidney Crosby, like, after him playing there for like eight, nine years or something. He's still in the prime of his career. And they said, okay, we are flipping you to. Well, what's the closest? City. The closest is the decision, right? But that was him leaving voluntarily. And that wasn't a trade. That LeBron James yeah. decided, okay, I'm going to take my talents to the South Beach as a free agent. And he exercised his right as a free agent. He just turned it into a spectacle, which I, I get some people are, are annoyed at, but I still think that's one of the that is a defining sports moment, at least in my childhood. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I just, I think as far as like a major name in their prime moving, I can't think of anything else yeah. close. And even then, like you said, that was a free agent decision, not a trade. But even then, like considering the, 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 the player and the position that they were in and the, and the magnitude of that, even if it's not a trade, you could, at least in terms of the magnitude, it's still comparable. I think. Yeah. I think from a, like especially like a, I don't know if a cultural standpoint is the same as it as it once was, mm -hmm. because, I mean most, especially in most North American spots, sports has a, a pretty good foothold already. Right. Right. Like I don't know that the impact that Wayne Gretzky had on the 
hockey future in California and the West Coast could ever be repeatable today. Because everybody, you know, everybody has a foothold in some way, shape, or form in some part of of North America for the for the most part, right? Where it's going to happen. So I don't, I don't know that even the biggest superstar could change it the way that that he did for for hockey on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. That's right? even point. LeBron going to Miami, huge. But it's not like South Beach didn't have a basketball culture before and didn't have Dwayne Wade and didn't have Shaq. Hadn't won before. They won a NBA championship before LeBron even came there. What oh six? They beat the Mavs. Like the, you're right. You're absolutely right on that point. It did not affect Miami and South Beach in that way. Um, it affected free agency and how players go about their decisions. Uh, since like a Kevin Durant scenario, I'm sure like he gets that comparison to the decision with how he made his own decision with going from uh, Oklahoma City to to Golden State. Like it affected in a much different way. But at, but to your point, yes, I think with the way Gretzky kind of handled, well, at least the way that situation was handled. And the the aftermath of that for the state of California and how we look at player movement in the NHL period, like absolutely, not to mention his star rising, right? Like playing in a market like Los Angeles, a a massive media capital for attention, celebrities, and all that. I mean, when you think of the casual, the super casual hockey person, or even just steps below that, like if you go to someone and you're like, I have no idea about hockey. And you can mention one name. It's Wayne Gretzky, which is a good and bad thing considering what the state of the league is now. But like that's how big of a name Wayne Gretzky got. He was the name that, you know, if you, if you don't know anything about the sport, you're like, Wayne Gretzky, I've heard of that somewhat. And a lot of that has to do with how that trade worked out uh, for, for him going to Los Angeles. Uh, so that was 35 years ago today, August 9th, 1988. Uh, other sport news. This is a, a bit of the business side of things. Two uh, different announcements or pieces of news from NFL stadiums, J-Mac, I wanted to get your reaction to. So the Bills, according to a source from the uh, Associated Press, three months since construction began on their new stadium, the Bills are facing a potential cash crunch with their latest projections have the team on the hook for as much as $300 million in cost overruns. $300 million? $300 $300 million in three months. So is this, a, as someone who's a total noob when it comes to money being thrown in for stadiums and stuff like that, is this a situation where the city, where where the team is going to try to be like, hey, uh, hey, can we get the city to kick in like a, like a third of that or half of that? Not in this situation because this is the big deal for the Bills in this is in their deal, they are required to cover any overruns. Uh, as part of the deal that they struck with the state and Erie County 16 months ago. Ooh, I dig it. Dig. So it was initially Ooh. looking at $1.4 billion. Yeah, that, the Pagoulas come with that money. Yeah, that's, well, good thing you got lots of it. Yeah, at least. Right? Uh, and apparently now they're projected to jump anywhere to $1.65 to $1.7 billion, And the bills are fully on the hook mm-hmm. for all of that money. So <laughs> that's an interesting one. And... That comes as the Tennessee Titans have released a look at their new stadium set to open up in 2027 with a price tag of $2.1 billion. And it is unbelievable. Oh, my God. The video for this thing looks like it's in outer space. (laughs) It is the craziest looking stadium. Uh, It looks like a closed roof scenario in Tennessee, which is odd. They're not doing that in Buffalo. but. 
whatever, you're already over. I mean, 1.7 billion should probably build a roof, but this one for Tennessee is unbelievable. At 2.1 billion, 60,000 seats can be built on 15 acres along the east bank of the Cumberland River and boasts a translucent roof. Be a potential host for the Super Bowl, college football playoffs, and Final Four. To the record for funding on a dome stadium, it is unbelievable to look at. Is it out there? How much was? I'm always curious about like who's funding what for these things. Is it out there? How much like the state of Tennessee is putting into this? Uh, it's going to use 1.26 billion in public funding. It is the biggest. There it is. Public subsidy for a stadium in U.S. history. Previous record belonged to the Buffalo Bills. Of course. Uh, and the Nashville City Council met for five hours on Tuesday night before approving the stadium with a 26 to 12 final vote. So the Titans will pay about $840 million uh, of that. Well, at least the, the Titans in the NFL are, are contributing in some way. Sorry, hey, but the Titans have agreed to waive the $32 million the city owes in maintenance fees over the past four years at their current home nissan stadium yay so billionaires good on you guys yeah place looks stupid cool though (laughs) i'm not gonna lie it's not my tax money but it looks it looks really really cool it does it does look pretty stacked i gotta say but like yeah we get it with stadiums now it it really looks good but man just the costs are they just keep going up they keep going up and they have to be able to generate all this revenue they have to be able to host all these other things the fact that this team could potentially host the final four and and could potentially could 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 host a college football playoff like i mean yeah duh you're not going to build all that and not have it put themselves in that situation especially considering the hotbed of uh college athletics that tennessee can be when it's at its best well i just love the the narrative almost around the fact that tennessee's not a like, I wouldn't think that, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, I don't think that the Titans are, when you think of the, I was going to say the Titans of the NFL. They would be the Titans of the NFL. Um, Do I think of the Predators? No, no, I'm trying to say, like, they're not a marquee team in the NFL. You know what I mean? To, yeah, no, to, they're, they're not They're not among the premier franchises. Like, it's not, it's not a Green Bay or Dallas or, you know, stuff, you know, teams that I think you naturally always associate. It's to me, it's interesting to see them get, like, the, this huge massive stadium and get the most public funding for a stadium and all this because it's the Titans. They're a great team, a great franchise, but they've got all this sudden, all this massive $2.1 billion stadium coming in four years. That's crazy. Less than four years. That thing's going to be open. No, man, that's, and it does look cool though. Yes. (laughs) It looks really sick. No, but to your point, like if that's the going rate for a franchise, like the Tennessee Titans, could you imagine if like Jerry World is due for like an implosion in a new Jerry, like a 2.0 Jerry World Cowboy Stadium? Obviously, uh, the Bills are, are are shelling out the money for they are for their stadium. What about when Lambeau Field is done? Well, those are the ones I'm always interested in because it's like, at what point does Fenway become unusable? What do yeah. you do? When is the novelty? I mean, Yankee Stadium eventually became Yankee Stadium 2.0. They moved yeah. on from that. Yeah. It's not impossible for that to happen. And those franchises have enough money where they can make that work. But, you know, uh, they say they say with money, uh, when you get enough money, you never use your own, right? I don't know. That was on that one episode. That's a <laughs> raven. Yeah. But, like, no, seriously, like, 
You know, like it's it's a future I can see. <laughs> no, but like seriously, like for a lot of those billionaires, they put themselves in that particular position. They find ways to see if they can get public funding. That's what happens. That's what we are literally in a market that has been struggling to get a new arena project off the ground. And the latest one that went off uh, is going off with money coming from public funds. Uh, so that's, We're a not any the, that's a bit of the sports news today. 35 year anniversary of the Wayne Gretzky to LA trade and some stadium news for two uh, major NFL stadium projects. Bill's going way over budget and the Titans setting a massive budget at $2.1 billion. Before we get out of here, though, as part of our WPCA insider report today, we're giving away tickets to the Friday, August 25th behind the scenes tour for you and three friends at the WPCA World Championships. It's August 23rd to 27th at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. But uh, each week here on Sportsnet Today, we're giving one lucky listener a chance to win their way in for a behind-the-scenes tour. Today's question you had to tell us, who finished second behind Ross Knight at the Strathmore Stampede of the Chucks? Uh, Ross Knight winning by a full two seconds. He was our guest on the WPCA Insider Report. You had to tell us who came in second place with your first and last name on the text. If you did that, you were entered into our random uh, generator. Chad Fike was your correct answer. He finished a whole two seconds behind uh, Ross Knight, who had a very successful ride up in Strathmore. Uh, so that was your correct answer. Plenty of texts coming in with that right one. And Taylor, you threw them in the randomizer. Who is our winner for the WPCA tickets on this Wednesday? Our winner is Jeff. Congratulations to Jeff. Shout out, Jeff. His name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. Uh, you are our winner. Taylor sent you a text already. So if you text in, your name is Jeff. Uh, check your phone, and we will get you hooked up with the promo department and uh, get you your tickets to uh, go enjoy a behind-the-scenes tour at the WPCA World Chuck Wagon Association World Finals at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino August 23rd to 27th. You don't want to miss it. Five-day championship event. You can get your tickets now at Showpass. Com. Coming up on hour three, Julian McKenzie, Logan Gordon along with you. Stamps report, checking on the Toronto Blue Jays. That's coming up in the final hour here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.